First Person is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company, who rejoice in the stories of changed lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Learn more at febc.org. I get to meet veterans where they are in their life, in their struggles, and say, I will walk alongside you. I, I, know, I understand your struggles. I want to help you and help them navigate to get them to a better place. I invite you to join us now for First Person and a conversation with a former soldier who served in both Afghanistan and Iraq, but came home a very troubled man. We'll learn of his spiritual healing through Christ. Stay with us for the interview. And if you'd like to learn more about First Person and the guests we feature each week, please visit firstpersoninterview.com. You can listen to this current or any past program and also see the schedule of upcoming interviews. It's all at firstpersoninterview.com. After several deployments, Fernando Arroyo came home to America and struggled with life. Like too many veterans, he had difficulty fitting into civilian life. But when his relationship with Christ was renewed, he started looking at life differently, and now he considers himself privileged to serve other veterans in many ways, including suicide prevention. We'll talk about Fernando and his book, The Shadow of Death, and his war experience, but as we began, I asked him to tell me about his work on behalf of veterans today. So now, uh, these days, I am uh, the Veterans Outreach Director for a nonprofit called Step Forward Academy, and we are a Christian faith-based nonprofit. And what we do is, um, I worked at a previous nonprofit where it was a back-to-work program, and something we noticed was, um, it, it's great, you know, these ministries that get homeless uh, men and women and veterans uh, from all walks of life off the streets over their addictions, get their life back together in order and have a great relationship with God and then find a job and, and be stable. But what we find is, especially out here in California in the orange County, which is uh, not the cheapest place to live mm-hmm. making minimum wage or having a job that pays $20 or less an hour is not, you can't sustain a good uh, a way of living, right. especially when you talk about single mothers and single parents overall. So having a family, all that stuff affects, you know, that, that income is not enough here. So what we do at Step Forward Academy is we meet uh, with uh, men and women and veterans from all walks of life. And we say, look, you have a job. Let's find you a career. Let's help you find your calling and career. And what we do is we have a curriculum where we do um we offer uh personality tests and strength finder tests to see what are your skills what what are your your abilities that we can now hone in and see this is the type of work that you can do and this is the pay that you can get so let's help you get there update your linkedin profile practice interview skills get your resume up to date and then help them find a career and be able to sustain their family, provide for their family and have a sustained living. So that's what I'm doing right now. Well, we thank God for you and for that work. It sounds terrific. And I, I just commend you for that. But when you were a young man, maybe just uh, signing up to enter the military, we'll talk about that experience. But when you were that young man, could you have envisioned what you'd be doing today? No, this is not at all what I imagined I would be doing. Um, I had other plans, but I forgot who said this, 
if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> yeah. God, God has plans and his plans are above ours. So um, I'm definitely, I know that God has me where I am today. And I know it, my life, when I reflect on it, it's been a series of miracles that have got me to this point. No doubt about that at all. Well, let's go back in time then. Let, let's talk about when did you join the military and why did you join the military? Let's start with the, the why first. Um, I was a little kid. I was probably like five or six years old and Operation Desert Storm was taking place. And I remember watching it on TV and seeing all these bombs being dropped and all this cool technology stuff. But the thing that captured me was the guys on the ground. I remember watching the guys with night vision shooting and moving and charging after Saddam's troops. And I thought, man, that's really cool that I want to do that. Well, that was in 1991. And 10 years later, it's September 11, 2001. And that, that call to serve this country, to serve the United States, it never left me. Hmm. There was nothing else I would rather do. It was a dream of mine as a kid. And it just never, there's no other career or anything else that I wanted to do more. And on September 11, I remember seeing the attack, seeing the Twin Towers on fire, watching people jump out of these burning buildings and committing suicide because they would rather commit suicide than burn alive. And then I heard on the news that America was under attack. And as a kid, I wanted to join, and now it was, it was my time to join. So on September 29, 2001, I raised my right hand and swore to defend this country. I volunteered to serve in the Army as a paratrooper with the 82nd Airborne airborne infantry and my job would be to parachute out of airplanes and fight the enemy and uh i i believe that it was god who put it in my heart to serve to join to go through this training and to go through combat because it was my duty to this country and he had many lessons in store for me Yeah, you can look back and see that. But at the time, you were uh, enlisting and serving, and I think you served uh, three uh, deployments in Iraq. Is that right? Uh, two to Iraq and one to Afghanistan. Oh, okay. All right. I know your book covers that in great detail. The Shadow of Death is your book, and we'll put a link to the book in our program notes. But when you joined the military, where were you spiritually at that time? And where what happened during your time in the military spiritually? So spiritually, as a, as a young kid— um, It was my mom who took us to church. My dad didn't go to church. So every Sunday, my mom's like, all right, get up, get ready. Time to go to church. And like, oh, it's too early. And (laughs) back in those days, there were two Sunday services, one morning and one evening. So uh, after uh, Sunday morning service, then I just look at my buddies at church, be like, all right, I'll see you in a few hours, you know, and then (laughs) come back at 5 p.m. Right. I did the same. Uh, I understand. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. There were two services. And then... I believed in Jesus Christ. I, I believed as a young kid. I, I just knew the Bible was the word of God. I knew, you know, I just, uh, I, you know, at five years old, I was praying to God. And I was, um, I remember, I remember always believing in God, but I grew up in a bad neighborhood and my faith was challenged at a young start, at a young age, because uh, there were a lot of gangs, a lot of violence. A lot of the kids I grew up with ended up joining gangs. So, I prayed to God to keep me from, from that. And he did. I mean, a lot of these guys that when I got to high school, they got arrested. And so I found a new group of friends and I thank God for that. But I was still, you know, I was a class clown getting in trouble, whatever. But, but I believed in Jesus Christ. And anytime someone said something against the word, I was like an apologist, you know, just like, whoa, that's wrong. This is why, (laughs) you know, 
But um, so spiritually, I, I was good. At the age of 13, I, I confessed my faith in Christ and was baptized. And when I joined the army, I remember relying on God to get me through, uh, through all the training because it was my first time leaving California. And I was a skinny, scrawny kid, you know, just everything was brand new to me. Getting on an airplane for the first time in my life to fly to Fort Benning, Georgia, to train, to parachute out of airplanes, which the recruiter said I was stupid for signing for that because I had never <laughs> been on a plane before. Yeah. Did like, you ever agree with him eventually? <laughs> yeah. I don't like jumping. I've done it. I don't know how many times, but I, I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. But I did it, you know, and um, I remember as time went on in the military, I started relying on my own confidence, you know, like, Hey, I could do this. I did infantry school. I I'm jumping out of airplanes and I'm in a, eventually I went to a reconnaissance platoon. I was in a scout platoon and, you know, I had to go through like a two week selection and it was very hard, very difficult. So I started kind of relying on my pride and my self confidence going to war. Um, I did pray to God, but when I, when I, after airborne school, I lost that church community and I didn't regain it. That was a big mistake on my part. I started to stray away. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't, uh, you know, I'd pray only before jumping out of an airplane or whenever something scary was going down. That's mm -hmm. when I would pray, but I wasn't in the word. I wasn't, uh, going to church. I didn't have fellowship with, you know, my, my brothers in Christ and, um, that definitely affected me. Yeah, yeah. Negatively. Yeah. Well, thanks for being honest about that. You served in Afghanistan, as you said, and then two deployments to Iraq. Those, those were tough days, weren't they? You, you, you saw some pretty horrendous things and you were a, a soldier who was doing his job. Yeah. Um, my first deployment was to Fallujah, Iraq in 2003 and 2004. And that was my first taste of combat. And it was kind of, a. Uh, it was, uh, I don't know how to, you, you watch movies, I watched movies as a kid, like what war is like. And then I trained for it when I joined the army, but then to actually be in another country and you know, there's real bomb, like this is real. This is, there's bombs, there's bullets, there's, um, there's death. And to see all that, it was an eye-opening experience. I remember my first firefight was an ambush and two RPGs were fired at, at me and my Humvee, but they missed by like five feet. They went five feet over my head. And I remember it was just bullets whizzing by me and I'm, I'm shooting back. And that was the first night I, I shot a person. And, you know, I just, I don't know. It, it was as a nine, I had just turned 19, 19 year old kid in war. And I thought, what just happened? It was, it was so unreal that I, I trained for it. And then I actually did it. And then time and time again, going on more and more missions throughout my deployments in Fallujah, uh, I went through several IED explosions, but never did one piece of shrapnel or any bullet ever, um, hit me, you know, God was protecting me and I would still pray to God. But again, I wasn't in the word. I wasn't going to church. Um, we had a chaplain. I never talked to him. It was more like, hey, God, if I die, take me with you and then go out and do what I had to do. So the more I saw the atrocities of war, I, instead of leaning in on God, I was, I was just, I would say a prayer and then just continue relying on my training and my own strength. And that, you know, eventually snowballed into me blaming God for every bad thing that happened in war, 
by my third deployment in Beji, Iraq, I lost several friends and I just blamed God. I was angry at God. I blamed him for everything. And I said, you know what? I don't want to pray to you. And I was forcing myself not to pray. That That's the, yeah, it, it led me in, in the wrong path. In a moment, we'll continue our conversation and learn more about this soldier and his book, The Shadow of Death. Stay with us. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's Word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Fernando Arroyo. I can't roll my R's the way <laughs> that, that you do. Arroyo. Arroyo. Fernando Arroyo <laughs> is his name. He is the author of The Shadow of Death. From my battles in Fallujah to the battle for my soul. It's an excellent read. It's a it's a, a story of war that ends in the story of a man coming to Christ and facing his spiritual life uh, forthrightly. Fernando, I appreciate the detail you go into in this book. You you tell of the battles the way they were, and yeah. it's raw and it's real. I, I commend you for doing that. I'm sure in a way that there was some therapy in that, being able to get that out in the open. But tell me about coming home after that experience at war and, and post-military uh, days. What what was the struggle you went through? Yeah, so after after five years of service and spending over two of those years in combat, my, my last deployment was 15 months. And then when I came back after 15 months in about... October, let's see, November, December, a month and a half, I got a piece of paper saying I'm out of the army and that's it. I'm out. I'm a civilian now. So 15 months of war, I come back a month and a half later, I'm a student at community at a community college. And my body was here. My mind was in Iraq. That's the way I tell people. Um, it was kind of like a, uh, it's like a, a, a song on, on repeat that would play in my head. And I could hear machine guns and mortars. I could hear explosions. I could hear the, the radio, the chirp and the, the static of a radio every time I called. I, I could hear this stuff. You know, it was just plain. I'm walking from my, you know, from my truck to class, and that's what I'm hearing. And then I'm watching rooftops and windows, and I'm, I want to see people's hands and facial expressions because I, want, I, I didn't feel safe. Mm. So it got to the point where whenever I would get home and... Uh, I, I just, I had to grab my pistol and I had to go sw- do a sweep through my house to make sure there was no one in there hiding or something. Um, so there was this hyper vigilance, this paranoia and I had plans, you know, I, I, I thought oh, I'm going to be in law enforcement. So I was going to school studying and, um, no law enforcement agency would hire me and I was rejected by all of them. Like you name it in Southern California, they all said no. And then, uh, I earned my bachelor's degree from UC Irvine in criminology, but I wasn't going to use it because no law enforcement agency hired me. I applied to a bunch of government jobs. I was rejected. I got a bunch of letters from all these different government agencies that I applied to. 
And the letters would start with, we regret to inform you. And then they would tell me something either. Yeah. Um, they found someone else for the job or um, I, I'm not what they're looking for, whatever it was. So I found myself uh, with combat experience, with a bachelor's degree, collecting shopping carts. Oh. And I was a shopping cart collector. And so the snowball effect of me pushing God away reached this highest peak here where in combat, I pushed God away, but then I also, I, I still believed in him. I, it's hard to explain. I was just angry with him for the friends that I died for all the, all the bad things that, that happened. And I was going to church after the army, but I did not tell people at church, anyone at church that I was having nightmares that I was, uh, having, you know, reliving all these traumatic events, all, all these memories came back to haunt me. And then on top of that, the career I thought I was going to have didn't pan out and I'm collecting shopping carts and I just felt like a failure. So you were despairing, which led to even thoughts of suicide, I understand from your book. Yes. So, um, feeling hopeless, like so many veterans, you know, the statistic that's thrown out there is that 22 veterans commit suicide every day. Mm. More veterans have died from suicide than from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. So, it's it's a tragic uh, t it's a tragic thing, but I almost became one of one of those you know part of that statistic, and I started having suicidal ideation. I started thinking about how my life was you know the best days of my life were behind me. There's no hope for me. I'm a shopping cart collector. Um, I'm just a loser. I'm a failure. You know, I I did great things for this country, and maybe it's time for me to go. And that's when I I made the decision that suicide was an option and that I, I should probably take my own life. Yeah, and uh, again, you tell the story in the book. It's very gripping. Uh, I'll let readers uh, check that out. But a counselor came into your life, and the counselor started asking you some questions. And I was so gripped when you shared this in your book. He said, did you lose any friends in combat? At this time, you were kind of denying you had a problem, weren't you? Yes. And he said, did you lose any friends in combat? You said yes. Did you ever have to shoot someone when you were in combat? Yes. Do you have nightmares? Yes. How many hours of sleep are you getting? Three. Have you thought about suicide? Yes. Have you attempted? Yes. Do you drink alcohol? Yes. So at the end of these questions, he said, you've got a problem. Yeah. That's when it hit me. Um, I knew, I knew I had a problem. And by the time I met this counselor, I had already attempted suicide, but God, God intervened. He intervened. He showed up. <laughs> I called on God. But I thought, oh, there's no answer. Oh, no. He, he, he showed up in full force. So, I, okay, I knew I needed help. But then sitting with this guy, and I just felt so embarrassed. You know, I don't know if it's, well, I think it's a mix. Being a man, it's like, suck it up. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a sure. man, whatever. Yep. And then being on top of that, a warfighter, being yeah. a paratrooper, a warrior, a, yeah. you know. And you were a uh, ranger, too. I went to Army Ranger School. Uh, yeah, yeah. I That was a long journey for me. I had to do that twice because I failed the first time. But that's, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and so, all you know, all of these things, right? Relying on my own strength, relying, you know, oh, I, I graduated Ranger School. I jumped out of planes. I went to war three times all these accolades and things. And but I was falling apart and I felt embarrassed. So finally, when, you know, this counselor, this clinical social worker named Bob, he said, you know, he asked me these questions and I answered honestly. And he said, you need help. I broke down and I thought, okay, that's, you know what? 
why, why pretend like I don't need help? I know I need help. Deep in my heart, I need help. I've been asking God for help. This is the help I need. And I had to humble myself. I had to humble myself and say, okay, help me. Help. I cannot help myself. I need help. Help me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the turning point in your life then, coming to Christ, really, coming to Christ and giving your life to him. Yeah, just being honest with God. You know, I think of Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man. Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, they, they you know, they eat of the, the, the fruit that they shouldn't have ate, of the knowledge of good and evil. And then they hear God walking in the garden, and they hide. They hid. You can't hide from God. God knew where they were. God knew what they did. And instead of admitting we messed up, they, you know, Adam points to Eve, Eve points to the snake. It's just like, come on, like no one's taking responsibility here. I was hiding from God. I was hiding from him. I, I thought I was, I wasn't, you know, um, I'm going to church. I'm fooling everyone at church. I could smile on a Sunday for a couple hours and then go home and be miserable for the rest of the week and do it all over again, week after week. But God knew my heart. And finally, I, 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 I started praying honestly, you know, when you read the Psalms, when you read the scriptures, there's some very tough prayers in there. You, God can handle you at your worst. God can handle you. If, even if you're mad, you know what, even if you if you throw out some curse words, I'll tell you, uh, God's not like, Oh, Whoa, wow. Like, I can't believe what you're saying. Like he is there. He is with you at your that's very right. worst. Yeah, he's so and, and that's where he met me. And I found healing. Yes. It's definitely. such a great story. As you look back though, you have to see how the seeds planted in your heart as a child going to those uh, twice a day, twice Sunday services, you can see how the Lord uh, really planted that seed that, you know, grew later in your life after all those difficulties you went through. Yeah, it's like the, the proverb, uh, train a child up in the way he should go and he will never stray from it. Um, my mom, she was adamant, you're going to church, you're going to church, you're going to church. And, you know, uh, yeah, it stuck with me. The word stuck with me. You know, my faith, um, God, God saved me. Uh, you know, he, he says, I know my sheep, they know my voice. Like no one can take them from me. Right. No one can take me from God. And even in, in my worst, even when I was angry with him and I didn't want to pray to him, he still loved me and his love never fails. And it's because of him that I'm saved, that I'm here. And then now I get to turn around and help veterans and help them better their lives and share my faith and share the gospel. So ultimately this book, you know, the shadow of death, it's not a story of, you know, this is almost, almost, you know, I went to war and I did all this cool stuff. It's God was there. He is my strength and he's the one. He saved me. Hmm. Fernando Arroyo, our guest on this edition of First Person. To learn more about this man and his testimony, visit firstpersoninterview.com. His book is titled The Shadow of Death. You'll find a link at firstpersoninterview.com. Please take a little time to learn more about the Far East Broadcasting Company who makes these interviews possible each week. Along with you, FEBC celebrates those who serve Christ right where they are. To discover more about FEBC's ministry, visit febc.org. I host both a daily radio feature and a podcast for FEBC, which you can listen to at the website. Ed Cannon joins me in those productions as we detail the work God is doing in many countries through dedicated servants of Christ, broadcasters who proclaim the gospel in their own language and cultural center. Listen at febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time for First Person. First Person.